What's up everybody, I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. I, I mean, this it. time we only took like 45 minutes. It literally recording. wasn't. Oh, it, well, yeah, we did start at 9.15. 9 no, starting to get stressed out about time. And I was like, we've got to record. Even though I just want to talk to you, we literally <laughs> This is what happens when we don't have a chance to just like catch up. Even though we do work yeah. polo all the time and we talk, it's just, we don't have concentrated time to just sit with one another and talk. Right. And, and like us. literally going back and forth on Marco, you can't. You can't have like a conversation yes. because then like you're 20 minutes into the Marco and you're like, what else did they say? <laughs> Literally 20 <Right>? minutes. <laughs> Literally. And I listen to people on 1.5 or 2.0. Cause like, I can't just let people be at normal speed. Cause I'm like, cause I know that I'll have like, um, uh, and I can't fast <laughs> forward because I don't pay for it. <laughs> I know. Sucks. My lovely friend added me to hers. So otherwise I literally would just be yeah. like, <laughs> Anyways, easier than texting, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Way easier. Cause then you can understand the way that I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Right. Like instead of being like, I don't mean to be sassy. Yeah. Anyways, today, episode 70. Yes. Steph and I have talked a lot about having hard conversations, why you should have hard conversations. Uh, Well, like, like graced it, why you should have hard conversations. Like, you know, saying no, holding boundaries in those conversations. But today I wanted to reiterate and Steph was like, yeah, I'm on board because I do that with my clients all the time. We want to reiterate why we have hard conversations. We'll talk a little bit about some steps that you can use to have a hard conversation. Um, But realistically, we'll go more into depth into the DBT skill and the kind of not watered down version, but condensed version in a um, PS episode that is coming up probably in like a month from when this airs. So if you're not a subscriber on Instagram, it is in Steph's bio and my bio, the link. So let's talk about it. Why do we have hard conversations? And so when Steph and I are talking about hard conversations, let's define that first. This would be um, in any type of intimate relationship, whether it be friend, whether it be partner, um, even work colleagues or with family. Yeah. yeah, It's so important to have hard conversations. And when I say hard, right. Um, that encompasses a lot. Really what I mean is conversations where you have to step into vulnerability. Um, I was going to say my definition would be a vulnerable conversation that's uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And or asking for something at work, right? Because there is always that, um, not always, but potentially that uh, cognitive error that shows up of, I don't want to be perceived as like a lazy worker or a bad worker or whatever. So maybe it's not super vulnerable, but vulnerable in the sense that you're asking to get your needs met at work when they don't sometimes technically have to, depending on your job and whatnot, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So why do we have these conversations, right? I mean, I think there's the obvious reasons as to the reason why you want to have the conversation, whether you're getting a need met, whether you're asking for a behavior to stop, whether you are attempting to explore different options in the relationship. But realistically, what it boils down to is so that you are validating yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Self-validation is such a huge component of dialectical behavioral therapy. Huge, 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 huge. And it starts with little things like being able to, um, like when, like you, I'm, I'm sure the audience has noticed that there are certain times where Steph and I correct ourselves, right? Like I just said always, and I was like, oh, actually that's, you know, that's a black and white thought. So not always, but most of the time. With that's us correcting ourselves from getting out of like black and white thinking or judgments or whatever else it may be. That is a moment to self-validate where I think Steph and I have done it enough where I think it's an automatic self-validation sometimes. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I'll speak for myself that in those moments, I'm like, yes, like that's another vote towards who you want to be, which is somebody who has a stable sense of self, who attempts to show up authentically and who attempts to have this wise mind mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another vote for that. So I self-validate for that. So self-validation needs those little building blocks first. Sometimes before we get to these big building blocks, which is these vulnerable conversations that can cultivate feelings um, that maybe we have deemed as negative or, or bad or just uncomfortable to experience, right? When going into these conversations, I think the biggest thing to remember is emotions are data points. So it's telling you something. That's it. We don't have to necessarily give... Um, all this attention to this emotion, right? So if I'm feeling anger, or if I'm feeling embarrassment, or if I'm feeling shame, first off, ask yourself, what is this data point trying to tell me, right? Don't even call it an emotion, just call it a data point. Maybe that will also like reframing it from emotion to data point might help. What is this trying to tell me? Because then again, we're reflecting, we're stepping into that vulnerability of how can I approach this differently? So the the goal of this, podcast this episode is for us to talk about the why we're having these conversations which is to self-validate yes excuse me one thing that I tell my clients all the time or that I teach is that I don't want people going into a hard conversation with expectations of how it's going to end up because yeah. you can't predict how it's going to end up. And people are like, yeah, but if I want them to change a certain behavior, then I would hope that they change. I'm like, sure, you would hope, but you can't control that. The point of you having this conversation and letting them know, hey, these needs of mine aren't being met or, hey, I didn't appreciate this, blah, blah, blah. Is so you're not carrying that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. If you hold all that shit in, it's hurting you. Mm-hmm. And the people around you, if you're going to take it out on them, right? But ultimately you can't go into a conversation with fortune telling and mind reading, because you are going to set yourself up for failure when that person doesn't respond as you predicted they would. Hello. Hi. I did that like my whole life. I would try to think of every possible scenario. Okay. If they say this, I'm going to say this. And like, and I was completely taken out of the moment of that conversation. I wasn't present for it. Cause I was waiting of like, okay, this buzzword. And then I know I'm going to respond with this. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. And then my guess, right, if I'm going to, you know, go into that, my guess is if you're expecting some certain outcome and you're, you're like, okay, they're going to respond like this. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to respond like this. And then this is going to happen mm-hmm. when they don't respond the way that you want them to, then your whole game plan is thrown yep. off. When our game plan is thrown off and we're not being mindful in that moment, guess where you go? You go straight to your emotional mind. Mm-hmm. And going straight to your emotional mind, I don't know about for other people, I can speak for myself, when I'm in my emotional mind, my logic goes down and my emotions go up. Mm -hmm. So I'm responding solely on emotion, right? What is supposed to be these data points coming in to tell me something, 
But because I'm not in my wise mind, it's not telling me anything. I'm just behaviorally responding to the feelings of anger or anguish or frustration or irritability, right? When I'm irritable, emotionally, behaviors look like when I'm in my emotional mind, my behaviors look like being short with somebody, being snippy, getting defensive, Mm -hmm. pushing those people away. So then what started as this, this is a conversation that I wanted to have that was going to be effective turns into the potential for a blow up fight. Mm -hmm. I think a huge thing that I preach, I know that you preach, I'm assuming other therapists preach. If you know a conversation is going to be, you're going to step into vulnerability. I love, love, love when my clients make a game plan as to what points they want to cover in that conversation, mm-hmm. right? So it's not a game plan of how you think or predict the the conversation is going to go. It's a game plan of what you're thinking, not what you're thinking, but what you want to accomplish. You wanna, yeah, what you want to say. Right. So what that's going to look like is there are two, there's a DBT skill, which is called Dear Man, which I like the condensed version which I started teaching when I was working at the behavioral health hospital, which is five finger communication, which we're going to go into both of those more in depth. Like I said, in the beginning of the episode in a PS episode that airs in September. Um, But just as a idea, five finger communication talks about describing what you want to talk about, pointing to the facts, discussing your feelings about it, asking for what you want and then potentially compromising if the situation deserves a compromise, right? Mm -hmm. That is situational. We'll explain it later. So I would love if my clients and or anybody utilizes that kind of thought process. Okay. I'm going to go in, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about Well, I'm going to ask them if they have time first, right? So I'm not just interrupting in the middle of whatever, talk about what I want to talk about, point to the facts that support what I want to talk about and also kind of lay the groundwork because the the other person in this conversation can't argue with facts. Facts are factual things that have happened, right? So actual things that have happened or taken place. Talk about your feelings. I feel statements, right? We've talked about this many, 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 many times on this podcast. Of I feel unheard, not I feel like you aren't listening. You never me. fucking listen to me. Yes. Oh my God. Right. Right. And I love a swear word. I do keep it out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like attempt your best to use neutralizing speech. And which tongue. is interesting because one of our listeners who messages me a lot and I love him and I love his feedback. He was saying, I don't remember if it was the last episode we aired, but he was saying, you know, when I swear in a conversation, it's because I'm heated or because of X, Y, Z. And I was like, here's the thing. I have a mouth like a trucker, like that goes without saying, right. But I have worked really, really hard in vulnerable conversations to not use swear words. And he was like, well, is it vulnerable for you or for the other person? And I was like, if I'm coming to somebody with something that's like heavy on my heart or that I need to express, I take swearing out of it. Cause it's not making my point any better. It's not like, it doesn't show passion in that conversation. It sounds like I'm mad right? Or maybe I'm hurt. And so if you just take that stuff out in those moments and be a little softer, it is going to feel weird at first. Let me just tell you because it felt real fucking uncomfortable to me where I was like, that is not even how I talk. However, the feedback that I've gotten when I've had these conversations has been great. 
Like mm-hmm. it doesn't give the person an opportunity to be defensive because you're not attacking them. Right. 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 You're starting with the facts of the situation, which you can't argue with mm-hmm. because they're facts. And then I'm leading in with my emotions. Mm-hmm. You don't get to tell me how I feel. Right. That's not a statement I'm saying to people. That is something I'm just putting out in the, yes. the like thought process of a um, thought of a, uh, value that I have. You don't get to tell me how I feel, right? I'm not saying you made me feel that way. I'm just saying this is the data point that is showing me Mm -hmm. of how I feel about that situation. I'm the person who changes how I feel Mm -hmm. or my perception of the situation by having the hard conversation, Mm -hmm. like case in point. So again, coming in with this, this game plan of here are the points I want to cover gives you this sense of or feeling of control, right? I can control what I say and what I would like, what what feedback I'd like, what I'd like to get accomplished or covered in this conversation. If it doesn't go the way I would like, I can come back and validate for myself that I did my due diligence in attempting to have this conversation, in attempting to show up in a wise mind state, in attempting to have assertive communication, mm-hmm. right? I care about- week yeah. When you and I were talking about that and you having a vulnerable conversation and I was like, well, I'm gonna challenge you. Like, what would have happened if you didn't though, right? Like it didn't necessarily turn out as you wanted it to. However, don't mm-hmm. you feel better that you express yourself in the way that you did, right? Because that shows growth. Absolutely. And it's something that I can validate for myself. I have grown in being able to have these vulnerable conversations Mm -hmm. and take them to the next step. And I'm doing it to work on me, not because I'm expecting some sort of outcome from, you know, my mom, my partner, my kid, like whoever, that doesn't matter. I have them because I'm supporting myself in the sense of a long time ago, I decided that I wanted to be a more authentic person. I wanted to be more in my wise mind and I wanted to be more in control of myself. This is how I show up that way mm-hmm. by doing these behaviors consistently. Am I going to get it, get it right? Right. What the fuck does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Like right and wrong. Am I going to, am I going to land it every single time? No, no, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not possible. When well, I'm learning talk- something. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, that's why I talked about not having expectations, right? Because you can do every single step of dear man or five finger communication yes. and the outcome may not be what you wanted. That doesn't mean that it was pointless, right? That does not mean that that was a pointless conversation. It means that you fucking showed up for yourself and that's what matters. Everybody, that is not everybody. People have a tendency to look for external validation of like, oh, you did a good job. Now I'm going to do this for you. That's not what the point of this is. I need you to look for validation within yourself. So you feel confident in who you are and what you do and what you bring to the table. That's all we care about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Understand that when we talk about validation, there's those differences between external and internal. Mm -hmm. I don't, I haven't met somebody who doesn't like external validation, right? I won't say everybody. I'll just say I haven't met someone. Mm -hmm. However, External validation is cheap mm-hmm. because we are placing our self-worth, our self-love, whatever else on somebody else's opinion of us mm-hmm. or somebody else's perception of the situation. When there are so many variables at play here that if I'm only going to focus on what somebody is internalizing about what I said, what I did, a situation, then like I'm giving up all of my control. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm giving up everything because I'm allowing them to dictate how I feel about myself. And that's mm-hmm. fucked up. So internal validation, albeit harder to start to cultivate in the beginning, is necessary and so important. It's consistency. And consistency is key. When you start to show up and self-validate little by little over time, it eventually builds into this sense of self-worth where you can get to the point where you can be like, I don't give a fuck what other people say about me. Yes. And that's not out of an emotional, like sassy, spiteful thing. It's that I know who I am. I know how I'm showing up for myself. And so you can have your perception. I know that the steps that I've been taking in my life are legitimate and, and real and working towards that goal of being blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. When I say that I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about me, like that is a valid point. I don't need people to validate me being a good person. Does it feel nice? Sure. Yeah. Everybody likes to be complimented and praised until they're doing a great job or whatever. But like, I don't need that to function every day. And that's my hope that a lot of people would get to that point too. It just takes work and belief in yourself, which I understand is not easy, but it's fucking worth it. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in this fake it till you make it mentality. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I believe in allowing yourself space and grace to mess up. Mm-hmm. You're going to. Please stop viewing it as failure mm-hmm. when you're learning something new and attempting to operate in a new belief system. You're not going to get it right all the time. Even even if you've been doing it for 10 years, you're not going to get it right all the time. That is, the, the point isn't to get it right all the time. The point is to learn what feels good, what doesn't, and to continue the journey on allowing yourself to operate in what feels good. Yeah. The point is the effort. Yeah. Nothing that. changes if nothing changes. Literally. Favorite saying, I'm going to get it tattooed on me. Right on my forehead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just do this. <laughs> When people keep talking every session about, when they walk in. Every session. Okay? We're done. I want or like every every session when they leave. Remember. <laughs> nothing changes if nothing changes. Anyways. So that's why we have hard conversations. To sum it all up, that's why we have hard conversations. To validate ourselves, to do the due diligence, to do the work in the relationship to show up. Mm-hmm. You can find stuff at the spooky therapist. You can find me at BA underscore XO 11. You can find us at rewriting her story podcast on Instagram. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments that you may have at rewriting her story podcast at gmail.com. We are also rewriting her story podcast on YouTube subscribe like share all the things we appreciate all of it yes and until next time bye